Welcome into another edition of the Hoop Fiends NBA Sunday Size Up. Today, obviously not coming to you on a Sunday. Again, breaking the rules, coming to you on a Monday night instead. Uh, just to catch up on a couple things, Sunday was a little bit busier for me. Uh, Last of Us finale, Selection Sunday, a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of stuff going on. Uh, so decided to just hop on real quick on a Monday night. Uh, not too much to talk about. Just wanted to kind of catch up on a couple different things. Uh, look at the futures markets as we always do. And then, yeah, we'll send it into March and March Madness. So, that being said, the first quick hitter I wanted to touch on uh, was just the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I don't know if we were able to touch on this as much as we should have on the last podcast that we recorded. But, my God... This is the best Bucks team, I think. Like, better than the team that won the finals. Better than any Bucks team I've ever seen. Giannis, obviously, is playing at an elite level. Um, but just the depth they have is absolutely insane. Drew Holiday is having the best year of his career, by far, not even close. Brooke Lopez is back and better than ever. He looked like an absolute animal on TV tonight. He almost beat the shit out of Trey Lyles. He helped them take down the hot team and the Kings, who I want to talk about in a little bit. He's just having a career year, maybe the best year of his career, and he had some really, really good years on the Nets. Obviously, he's not scoring as much as he did on those Nets teams, but the way he provides shooting, the way he provides defense, he's now, again, the favorite for Defensive Player of the Year, which we'll talk about later, but just absolutely insane. And then you add Chris Middleton, who's finally starting to find his form. That four is... Absolutely incredible. You're not going to find much better in the East or in the entire NBA. You have KD, Hot, whatever. It doesn't matter. I think this team is better than the Suns. I think this team is better than the Nuggets. I think the Bucks are just destined to win this year's NBA Finals. I'm getting way, way too confident in that. In for heartbreak when the postseason comes. But just, just, I mean, I didn't even touch on the depth that I wanted to. I talked about their core four. I mean, bring in Jay Crowder now. Joe Ingles. We couldn't speak highly enough of that addition in the offseason. Bobby Portis, one of the favorites for sixth man of the year now in the top four. Javon Carter fills in. It's absolutely incredible. They bring in Goran Dragic now. This team is special. I didn't say Grayson Allen just because I don't like to talk about him, but they just have so many options they can throw at you. Wesley Matthews isn't even playing. Pat Connaughton is just such a, such a deep team. I really think especially with the Celtics' struggles now, which I'm not going to touch on, but they've been really, really bad lately. I don't see the Celtics beating this team. Philly, I just will never take fully seriously, even though I really like them this year. But I just think it's going to be hard for anyone to stop this Bucks team. Um, and that brings me to the Kings, who I just feel like we don't give enough love on this podcast. I don't think anybody across the NBA really takes this team serious enough. They're now, uh, before the end of the night, they were up to the two seed. They just lost a game in Memphis, won again to reclaim the two seed. But the fact that they're seriously in consideration for this, I mean, they're going to get a pretty decent draw out of the play-in, whether that's Lakers, Pelicans, whoever comes out of that Minnesota. Um, if you asked me a couple weeks ago, I'd say, yeah, they're probably the team that's most likely to choke in the first round. But now, I mean, I think they would be... Dallas, I think they'd probably be the Clippers. Minnesota, yeah, like the Lakers, Pelicans, all that team. This team is just really, really good. They're an incredible fourth-quarter team, whether it's Kevin Herter or Malik Monk shooting at the shooting guard position. De'Aaron Fox is one of the best closers in the NBA all of a sudden. DeMontis Sabonis is a guy you just want the ball in it. 
in his hands at all times. He's been absolutely amazing. Keegan Murray is getting better and better each day. Harrison Barnes is as competent and stable as they get. This team is just way more dangerous than anybody gives them credit for. Yeah, do they have the upside of a team like Denver and Phoenix and Golden State to get back to the finals? Probably not. I still think those three teams, um, assuming Katie's healthy, are better than the Kings. But I think at this point, they're the fourth best team in the West. I don't think that's crazy. The Clippers have been awful since they got Westbrook. The Memphis Grizzlies, God, they're a disaster. They've won three in a row. They might be better than without John Moran. Who knows? But... I think Sacramento is officially the fourth best team in the West. At the very least, you can make arguments that they're better than some of these other teams. But I just feel like we don't give them enough love. And it's been an impressive, impressive run that I eventually thought was going to die down. I really liked the Kings this year, but it's amazing how much shit they got for that Tyrese Halliburton trade, including from us, including from me. I think they deserved it. And Tyrese Halliburton's special, but what they were able to build and how they were able to make this work... One of the best things the Kings have ever done, which is crazy. They're the three seed right now. They're pretty much locked in to the top six. Just an incredible special season. And that place in Sacramento, that's going to be a hell of a tough place to play in the playoffs. Light the beam. Those crowds are into it. No team is going to be able to go in there easily and win a game. I don't care who it is, whether it even is Phoenix or whoever. I kind of hope they get drawn against Dallas first round because I will be picking the Kings like, my life depends on it. I've been a million billion dollars that the Kings beat the Dallas Mavericks. They're just not good. I don't care how good Luka is. Kyrie's a head case, and they have no talent besides those two guys. Dallas has not impressed me whatsoever. They've been worse since they got Kyrie. They've lost three in a row. Luka's been hurt. Kyrie hasn't been playing. They're kind of a disaster. They might not even make the top eight. They might have to make, uh, make it through the play-in to even survive. Uh, so give me the Kings over Dallas in a hypothetical series. I can't wait for that to happen. Um... Like I said, I touched on Boston. I really don't have a lot to say. They're just falling. Philly's only a game back of them, which is imp- I wouldn't be surprised if by the end of this thing, Philly kind of overtakes them and takes the two seed with how they've been playing. Uh, I still think it's a three-horse race atop there uh, with Cleveland safe at four. Brooklyn has looked really good lately. Um, I feel like all their new pieces are kind of filing into form. Bridges has obviously been incredible since the trade. Dinwiddie had a career-high 16 assists the other night. That was pretty impressive. Um, they just got a lot of guys who care and are fun. And Bro- Brooklyn basketball is fun again. Um, so I don't know if I'm happy or sad to say that, but just not having to like dread them and like check them out now, it's actually kind of fun. They're just a really, really fun team. They have a bunch of shooters. Finney Smith's fun. Cam Johnson's fun. Joe Harris, Seth Curry, Cam jo- Cam. Who's the other one? Cam Thomas. There you go. Nick Claxton's one of the best defensive player of the uh, players in the league. Just a much more fun team out of Brooklyn now. Um, I think that's kind of all I wanted to touch on. Um, another awesome, there was an awesome Bucks warriors game the other night. Uh, Steph Curry leading a comeback. They were down 10 with a few minutes to go. He had a bunch of threes. Draymond took a three for the win. Didn't make it, but then Golden State kind of poured it on in overtime. I mean, that's the only game like the Bucks, like have ever lost in the history of mankind in the past month or two. Um, so... Just shows to go uh, goes to show you when the Warriors play at home, they're kind of back. They still haven't figured out that road issue, um, but if they do, I will take them seriously again as a NBA title contender. Um, but yeah, I mean Kevin Durant also rolled his ankle um, at warmups, which is absolutely insane. The injury history continues. If he gets hurt, Phoenix is screwed. We said that in the pod. Um, I kind of put my take on the line and said I don't. I think Phoenix is just too good. I think they're gonna get. To, 
out of the West. I don't think anyone's going to be able to stop them. I stand by it. I think Kevin Durant will be back for the playoffs, and I think they're going to be really tough to beat. I still think they'll beat Denver, who's kind of on a little bit of a slide lately. They've lost three in a row. But, um, yeah, I mean, days and days go by, and I'm starting to feel less good about that take. Um, I still think Denver is a little bit less talented overall than this Phoenix Suns team now is. Um, just the one-two punch of KD and Booker it doesn't match up with Jokic and Murray. I'm sorry, I know Jokic is great, but he's yet to perform in the playoffs to a high level. They got to the Western Conference Finals once. Uh, Durant's been there many, many times and more. So I just I think we're, we're bound to have a Denver-Phoenix playoff series at some point. I really want that. Maybe the winner takes Golden State after that. Who knows? Uh, but those three teams, I think, are by far the biggest threats, followed by Sacramento after that. Um, is that it? Yeah, I guess that's it. I don't really have too much else to say. Um, but yeah, we'll move into a quick little look at the futures markets. Um, I kind of want to talk about the, uh, futures of, in terms of NBA champions and conference champions. We haven't really talked about that much on our size ups. Um, and I can't say enough. I know the odds aren't good. Um, I got them in the beginning of the year just because I felt like it was Team of Destiny stuff. But now... I just am so confident in the Bucs. It's crazy. The Celtics are still your NBA title favorites at plus 340. The Bucs are plus 360 on DraftKings. Go to the conference winner. Eastern Conference, the Bucs are 160 now. The Celtics are 150. It's crazy how much the odds fall. But the odds are saying basically what we're saying. These are the only two teams with a chance. I disagree with that. I think the Bucs and Sixers are the only two, two teams with a chance. The way the Celtics have looked lately. Um, there's not really much value in the Bucks, but I just can't see them not making it out of this conference this year. Um, so I think that's a really good bet. Um, in terms of the West, the Nuggets are now plus 700 to win the finals, and the Suns are 425. I think you got to pounce on the Nuggets now. As much as I've been hyping up the Suns, I think now's your chance to get the Nuggets at value. They've lost three in a row. Uh, KD's hurt, like I said. Who knows how he's going to bounce back. He always seems to find a way to bounce back in the playoffs or right after an injury, but... I think now's your chance before they're going to be much lower valued. Um, if you look at it from the Western Conference perspective, they're plus 290 to plus 235 of the Suns. So you're getting much, much better value if you just take them to win the whole thing compared to just the West. So that's my thing there. Interesting enough, the Clippers are actually uh, your fourth favorite after the uh, Suns, Nuggets, and Warriors, who I adamantly agreed are the top three. The Clippers are now plus 650, the fourth favorite. Crazy. The Kings are plus 2,500, man. That's worth something. That's worth something. They're the fourth best team. They really are. Obviously, the Paul George and Kawhi duo um, are can be deadly, but I haven't seen anything with Russell Westbrook to make me actually scared of them. The Mavs are 1,100. They have no chance. The Lakers are plus 1,300. Absolutely insane. Get that out of my face. That's disrespectful to the Kings. I cannot believe they're plus 1,300 to win the West and the Kings are plus 2,500. You have to take some Kings value there. If not, you'll be able to at least hedge a little bit at some point. All right. We'll close this thing out quick with a look at the awards markets. Going to be a quick pod today. Obviously, going to wrap this thing up in about 20 minutes. Not going to take too much time out of your day. Um, first, at looking at the MVP, obviously, we got to touch on this a little bit last pod. It's become a really, really hot topic amongst the NBA community um, this year, specifically with the Perkins and JJ Redick beef that happened over the MVP debate. Um, a lot of media outlets and media are talking about uh, this debate and upset with how things have gone. Uh, or you could say whatever you want about it, but it's just been a really, really hot topic, and 
causing a lot of debates and a lot of uh, unrest, you could say. Um, I've obviously made my pitch last pod against Jokic and why I think he doesn't deserve it this year. Uh, just specifics, comparing his stats to the last couple of years, um, the lack of talent in the West, per se, leading to a boosted Nuggets record. Uh, the Nuggets record isn't as good as uh, the Bucks record, obviously, and now Philly's record is approaching the Nuggets in a much harder conference. Um, obviously, Jokic's teammates being back, I think that has affected um, the Nuggets record a lot, just as his improved stat, uh, performance has as well, but um, just a whole multitude of reasons. I just don't think it should be Jokic's year, um, but you could listen to Last Pod if you want my full take on all of that. Um, now, the odds have kind of shifted to reflect a little bit of more closeness, you could say. Uh, Jokic is now a minus 230 favorite, Embiid right there, plus 240, and Giannis plus 650. I mean, this is a three-horse race. Tatum and Luka are out of it. No one else is even in the discussion at this point. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if in, like, another week we just see, like, Giannis falls down, Embiid falls down, Jokic goes up, and we're looking at, like, a minus 150, plus 100, plus 150 race between all three. All three of these guys deserve it in their own right for many different reasons, which is why I just think maybe Jokic shouldn't three-peat. Is that crazy? I don't know. I don't think his case is good enough, much better than these guys, to be like, okay, he should be a three-peat. Embiid doesn't deserve it. Like, I don't know. It's tough. I think there's value at Giannis at plus 650. Just like I said, I think this is going to be down to a three-horse race at some point. The Bucks by the end of the year, are probably going to have the better record of all three of these teams. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's so tough at this point. I still think, in my personal opinion, Embiid has the best case, factoring in all things, stats, team performance, and everything, um, wh- what he means to his team and all that. I think the Bucks are just so deep. They've won so many games without Giannis. Um, the it's just such a tough case to make. I don't recommend betting anybody here. I think you take Giannis with the value. I think I lean Embiid in total, but I just I just get scared. People love voting for Jokic. It's clear. Um, we'll still have to see what happens here. Uh, rookie of the year. I mean, nothing more to say. Paolo is going to win this award at this point. Um, most improved. This is interesting. Jalen Brunson got hurt and now has pretty much fallen out of the competition. SGA has been rest. Uh, load managed, you could say, uh, a lot lately. Laurie's now a minus 450 favorite. I still think he's the most deserving candidate for this award. I was unhappy with all the SGA love earlier in the year. Laurie has been an absolute mega superstar for the Jazz. He deserves to win this award, and it seems like he's going to get it. Coach of the year, Mike Brown, has usurped Joe Missoula, rightfully so, as a minus 600 favorite now. It's crazy. Since the last time we talked, I think Missoula was still the favorite at like plus 200, uh, but I just talked about the Kings at nauseum. Mike Brown has done wonders with this team. It's absolutely amazing what he's been able to do. And I think he's definitely the most deserving coach for this award. And it's too late. I might have recommended him a couple times on the past size-ups. I hope I did. Um, I know I have recommended Jock Vaughn a bunch, but that was unfortunate. That who I should have known that the Nets were going to blow up. I should have known. Uh, but Mike Brown, deservingly so, I hope I mentioned him. Six man, still one of the more interesting ones we got in play. Um, Emmanuel quickly now in front. No, well, he was in front past couple days, but now Malcolm Brockton has usurped him. He's a minus 145 favorite, quickly plus 120. Bobby Portis, now your third favorite, a plus 1400 with Malik Monk plus 1400. Those guys aren't winning it. <sighs> this board is so crazy, but I guess Malcolm Brockton's going to win. I hate it, but I'd bet on quick. <laughs> 
I'm so upset. I don't think any of these guys deserve it. Uh, may I mention to you uh, a little Christian Wood? I know people don't like Christian Wood, but can we talk about what he's doing off the bench for Dallas? I get it. Doesn't play a lot of defense, whatever. But as pretty much one of the most important pieces on that team, whether you like it or not, he's averaging 17 points, 7 rebounds, a block, and 50% shooting, 76% free throw, 36% from deep, 27 minutes a game. I don't know. He's not even on. Like, they're not even giving you odds on him. It's crazy. I don't think Malcolm Brogdon deserves it. Is that crazy? I don't know why he's the favorite. I don't get it. I don't even know why Quickly is like hugely. I love Quickly. He's one of my favorite players in this league. But 13 points per game, four rebounds. I don't. I guess we're just not looking at stats anymore, and we're looking more at impact, which I guess is fine because Emmanuel Quickly's had a huge impact on the Knicks, and he closes games. And I love the guy, uh, Brogdon. What what what's so good about him? I don't get it. Why is he like 14 points per game, four rebounds, three assists? I don't get it. I guess I. I I feel bad. I don't, I don't have anything really to say. My analysis here stinks. Um, I guess they're taking more value into account, but I don't even know if that's, like, true. There's got to be guys, like, around the league with more value uh, off the bench. I liked Maxi a lot for this award. He's now back in the starting lineup uh, for the Philadelphia 76ers, so that kind of took him out of play, which sucked because I really, really thought there was great value in him, and I would have recommended that a million, million more times. But I just don't see anybody who, like, deserves this award. I think that's why they've kind of defaulted to Brogdon and quickly. They don't want to give it to Wood because the coaches there don't like him and whatever. There's really, I mean, Malik Monk, are you kidding me? Like, I guess maybe 13 points per game off the bench. He gets hot sometimes. Really, this is one of the worst award races in modern, like, history. This is crazy. Jordan Poole, why is he out of the discussion? I get it. Like, he started a bunch of games. Is that the reason? Because if not, what are we doing? He's averaging 20 points per game off the bench. How is he not a favor for this award? I just don't understand what the logic is, honestly. There's got to be weird media narratives in play or something. Or Jordan Poole's just started too many games. That could be it, too. Uh, but I don't know. I don't get it. I'm not going to pretend to get it. This year's been weird for this award. Uh, I still don't think Brogdon deserves it. At least hopefully you took my advice and never been on Westbrook because that one was absurd as well. Um, all right, last award is also weird. Defensive Player of the Year. Um, this is where I owe an apology. Um, Malcolm, sorry, not uh, Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, I got him stuck on my head. Jaron Jackson has been your favorite for the past months or so. Uh, minus 200 or so. He's now not the favorite anymore. He's plus 115. Uh, your favorite is now Brooke Lopez, minus 140, who I said in the beginning of the year, this guy has no chance at winning this award. I'm sorry, name value, who he is. He's just not winning it. But I highlighted in the beginning of this podcast, he is having the greatest year of his career. He's been absolutely insane this year. I still don't know if I think he truly, truly deserves it, but he's been God, God amazing. Like, I don't, that, that doesn't even make sense. God amazing. But that's how good he's been. I can't think of a good adjective to describe how good he's been and how impactful he's been on the defensive end. So you know what? I'm sorry. I was wrong about Brook Lopez, and he might deserve this award. I still am surprised he passed Jaron Jackson here with the amount of blocks per game Jaron Jackson averages, uh, but I'm kind of here for it. Uh, I think there might be value in betting Jaron Jackson now. He's been the favorite all year. I still think he's going to have a little bit of bias, and I think when people go to vote for this award, they're like, oh, really? Am I going to write down Brook Lopez's name? I don't know. Give me Jaron Jackson. Um... 
that's kind of my where I lean there. I, I, I hope. I hope they don't have the same mindset as me because Brooke, honestly, probably has a really good case for the sword, and I haven't looked at any advanced stats or whatever, but I I have to eat a little crow on that one. Brooke Lopez has had an amazing, amazing... He should be most improved. <laughs> he should, You know what? Most improved, Brooke Lopez. What are we doing? I'm going to advocate for that, even though he is more of a he was really good, then got worse, then bounced back, but uh, comeback player of the year. How about that? We'll make the award. Brooke Lopez, first NBA comeback player of the year. All right. We're at things up there. Uh, thanks for listening. If you bothered to listen to this, uh, I'd just like to talk about some of this stuff. Um, just a bunch of nonsense, but it gives me something to do. Um, and the Fiends Network coming up. We got a lot coming for you, actually. Um, tomorrow, I'm going to be on another podcast. I don't know who I'm going to be with. Maybe I'll see if Riley's around, uh, Johnny Oz. I'm not sure who's going to be interested. Maybe I'll find a random guest for you. Or I'll just talk March Madness myself, but we'll have a March Madness podcast coming to you um on wednesday night and into thursday morning to get you ready for all things march madness we'll talk about our favorite players our favorite upset picks uh our favorite teams to win it all favorite teams to watch favorite players to watch all that type of stuff that we always cover on our march madness pod and then next week we have a football fiends episode coming to you me and jp will be back to talk about NFL free agency, and maybe we'll have a Lamar update, maybe we'll have an Aaron Rodgers update, today is the first day of NFL free agency, we've had a lot of news trickling in that we'd love to touch on, um, obviously some quarterbacks have gotten the tag, uh, there is a lot of Daniel Jones and Lamar news to touch on, even if Lamar doesn't sign with a new team, but either way, we'll have a Football Fiends episode to cover all the latest news and drama ever since the Super Bowl, so that's coming next week, I'll probably have another size up maybe in a week or two as well, to catch up on all this nonsense. Um, And then we'll have a regular Who Fiends pod probably in the coming week or two to just catch up on all NBA things of note as the season comes to a close very soon. You can follow us on at Who Fiends pod on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok to stay up to date with everything that we got coming out. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That would really help us out. I'd really appreciate it if you subscribed. I love being a guy who says that now. Subscribe to us, subscribe to us, subscribe to us. It really, really helps. Um, And until two days from now when we're talking March Madness and the greatest time of the year, I'll catch you guys next time.